Father God, thank you for all your mercy to us. Uh, thank you that we can be here today. Thank you for providing food for us. And um, thank you for sending Jesus Christ into this world. And we pray, Lord, that, that we could get to know him and know him more through your word. And that you be glorified today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read from, uh, from John 10. Truly, this is Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. <clears throat> to him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life, and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So one of the things I noticed in this passage, and you may have noticed as well, is that Jesus says over and over again um, what he's not like. What, he, he, what, what he's different than, and what, what, what are... Some other, some other, some other things that are that are opposed to Jesus. So he says, like in verse one, he says, he talks about who climbs in by another way. That man is a thief and a robber. So he talks about the thief and the robber. Then in verse five, he talks about the stranger. He says, a stranger they will not follow. So he's saying all these things: the thief and the robber, the stranger. That those are those are not him. That's not what Jesus is like. Then in verse 8, he says, uh, he says again about the thief and the robber. He says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. In verse, uh, verse 10, which is kind of our main central verse here, he talks about the thief again. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And then in verse 12 through 13, he talks about the hired hand. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. 
So Jesus is 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 making making a point here to show to show what he's not like to show because he's because he's telling us he's showing us what kind of shepherd he is. He's making this contrast of showing what he's not like and what the difference is. So the first the first difference between uh, between Jesus and all these and all these things that are opposed to him, all these people or 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 ideas that are opposed to him that would lead would lead us astray. The first thing is that he that he's a leader to us, that he's a good leader to us, that he leads us in the right way. Um, and I think that uh, we all. Uh, we all need a leader. We need. We all need um, someone to follow. You know, sometimes we we might think that we don't need a leader, but I think if we really uh, um, look honestly at ourselves, we'll know that that we need that we need someone to lead us. Um, in uh, in in Matthew chapter nine, it talks about how Jesus saw how he saw the people, how he saw the crowds of people. It says when when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I think that's and that's that's the state that we're in without Jesus, without having Jesus in our life. We're we're like sheep without a shepherd. We're we're helpless. Um, and I and I look back at my own life, and sometimes I need to remind myself, but like what my what my life used to be like before before Christ came into my life, because my life was a mess. Like I wasn't. I wasn't like a functional person. I was, I was d- making bad decisions and doing things that were harming myself, harming other people around me. And um, I definitely needed leadership. I needed someone to show me the way. And I, I, and I, I was making a mess of my life on my own. Um, but Jesus, one of the things that Jesus does for us is he comes and he leads us and he guides us and he gives us um, direction. And uh, I was listening to uh, to a sermon this week on a podcast, and it was talking about the book of Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is written by King Solomon, who you've probably heard of, and you may know that he was like one of the richest and, and wisest king, one of the richest and wisest kings that ever lived. Very, very powerful. He could do whatever he wanted. And, but Solomon came to the conclusion that everything he was pursuing in life was meaningless or it was vain it was vanity he pursued pleasure laughter you know drinking wine accomplishments power money even learning and you know he had the option to pursue those things maybe a lot more than than the rest of us do because he was a powerful rich king and he could you know he he could pursue these things as as much as he wanted but he found at the end that they're all meaningless that they're all vain. That when you follow pleasure, money, whatever it is, at the end, it's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really help you. I think that's that's how we all are, apart from God working in our life, apart from having Jesus in our life, apart from having that leader in our life that we need to show us the way. If we're just pursuing things in this life, at the end, it will be it's it's all it's all worth nothing, and actually, it leads us to death. Um, and the way that he leads us, because Jesus is our leader, the way that he leads us is through, is through this book, through the Bible. Um, I think that 
a lot of times we, we, might, we might feel like we need direction, we need, we need an answer to a specific question. I think if, we, if you follow what this book says, you follow what the Bible says you're supposed to do as a believer in Jesus Christ, and everything else will work itself out. You know, if you, if you're, if you are pursuing living faithfully for God, he will guide you and it'll work and it'll all work out. But it's, he doesn't, um, he doesn't necessarily guide you through, through like some special vision or anything like that, but focus, focus on the word, focus on what the word says. And, and, uh, and that's how, that's how the Lord leads us. Um, and then verse nine in our passage, back to uh, back to John ten here. Sorry, verse nine. He says that if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. So that's the the next the next thing that shows us what a good shepherd is like. Shows us what Jesus is like in contrast to um, to these other people is that he saves us he saves us and he's merciful to us he's he's he like it says here that those who those who follow him will go in and out and find pasture so it's still using that that picture of us being the sheep and him being the shepherd and that reminds me of course of psalm 23 which you probably have heard before the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he lakes, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's, that's the kind of shepherd that Jesus is to us. That's the kind of care that he has for us and the way that he leads us. Um, I, I like this part here where it says, He, he restores my soul. And isn't that that's what that's what we need in our life is to is 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 a shepherd who's going to restore our soul. So that's that's an, another way that he shows what a good shepherd is like and what he's like. And then we come to uh, to verse ten, which I have written up here on the board, verses ten and eleven, and um, that's that's like the heart, kind of the heart of the whole passage. It shows it shows most clearly. The contrast between the good shepherd and the and and the thief, as it talks about. So, verse ten: the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that my, that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So who's so who's the thief? I think we, we should be able to understand here clearly that, 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 that when he's talking about the thief, he's talking about Satan. That Satan is the one who who tempts us, who who makes who pulls us away from God, who brings things in our life to take us away from God, 
to take us away from trusting in Jesus and following Jesus. That's, the, that's who the thief is. And the thief and comes in different ways, different, different things that would pull us away from God, you know, different temptations for us, whether it's sex or money, loving money, resentment, anger, um, pride, you know, pride in ourselves, thinking that we're, that we're so important, uh, rebellion against God and his law. And th- these are ways that, that sa- Satan works because that's what he wants. What Satan wants is for you to be far from God, for you to be pursuing all these other things and not seeking the Lord. And um, one of the things that we all just, uh, we all just got done with the month of June and I'm sure you've heard that, that, that people in this world now call that Pride Month. And that um, we're basically inundated with all of this, all of this uh, message and imagery about, about the gay and LGBT stuff. Um, and it's like you couldn't get away from it. You know, if you, if you watch sports, it was there. If you, uh, if you do any streaming services, it was there. If you watch TV, it was there. Like... It was getting, it was, you know, and it's, and it's, unfortunately, it's going to be like that next June as well, I'm sure. Um, so, and I think that that's, that's an example of, of, of Satan working, an example of sh- showing these things and basically lying to us, trying to deceive us. And it's, um, it's, uh, I think it's, when it comes to those issues, it's a temptation not only for those who live that lifestyle and actually you know, do those things, it's a, definitely a temptation for them, but it's also a, a deception for the rest of us, for the world to try to push on us this idea that, that, that that's good, that that's a beautiful thing when, it's, when God says it's not a beautiful thing. And also that, that that's really, that those are the people who are really doing what's right. Those are the people who are really the kind people, the loving people, the people that are accepting this and, and encouraging this. And that's, that's not what God says. That's against the word of God. So I think it's, it's a deception and, and I'm not, um, I don't, I do believe that we should, we should have compassion for those people and many people have dealt with those temptations and those sins and we should have compassion for them. I, I think that they're people that like are gay or they, they're, they're, they're lost the same way someone who's, you know, some, someone who makes a God out of sex between a man and a woman is just as lost as them or someone who makes a God out of money or anger pursues these different sins, they're, they're, they're all lost in the same way. And I, but, I, but I do think that those people are, are, are giving in to the temptation of sin, s- Satan and, and the deception of Satan, sh- sh- telling them something that's not true instead of looking to the word and what is true. And, um, they have, but they have the same hope that we all do, that we can turn, turn to God, that we can repent and believe in Jesus. Um, so there's many, so Satan comes in different ways. Not everyone's tempted with the same things. You might be tempted by one thing and I'm tempted by something else. But Satan comes with many temptations and many deceptions, but only with one purpose. His only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's, that's what he does in people's lives. The thing is, when you're, when you're dealing with that temptation, you think that that's the life you want. You think that it's, it's promising life. That's what you're looking for. But Jesus, but Jesus is the one who tells us the truth. And Jesus tells us the truth that, that the 
thief comes only to kill. What up? Am I going to get the order right? Steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what he'll bring in, in our life if we, if we follow those things. Um, there's a, the Bible says in Proverbs, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And I think that's how it is with, with things a lot of times with temptations. It might be something very obvious that everyone, everyone understands is wrong that you shouldn't do. Or, but it could be something more, um, you know, more deceptive that, not a, that maybe to a lot of people it seems like it is right. It seems like it is the right way to go. But its end is the way of death. So we need to watch out for those things. And we need to follow the good shepherd. And we need to have the life that he can give us. So like it says here in the second part of the, in the, second part of the verse, it says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what Jesus came for. Like that's, that's that contrast, like I'm saying. Satan comes to take away life. Satan comes to destroy life. But Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. And what that looks like is living a life of faith and hope and love of you know, trusting in, in God, trusting in his promises, that, trusting that, that Jesus died for us, that he's our savior, that we could be forgiven for our sins, and hoping in him, having hope for eternal life, having hope that after we die, after our bodies die, that we'll be with him forever, and living to the glory of God. Living every, everything we do should be done to the, to the glory of God, you know, and how we are with our families, how we are at our jobs, how we are with um, when we're alone, every, everything we do. And um, that's something I'm, I've been thinking about recently, reading the Bible in, in different parts and thinking about this idea of faith, hope, and love. And that's really, that's really what the Christian life is about. And, the, and that's the abundant life that Christ calls us to. And it's not always, gonna, it's not always easy. It doesn't always, uh, you're not always hap- happy having a great day every day. I mean, there's, there's difficulties that we all deal with um, and frustrations. Um, but through it all, our, the, what's, what is, what's central to our life is faith, hope, and love. And then he goes on here in, verse, in the next verse, in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So this is another way that he's showing us what the good shepherd is like, showing us what Jesus is like, is that, and, and, you know, Satan comes to take away life. Jesus came to lay down his own life for us, that we can have life. And I wanted to read some about, about what Christ did for us in laying down his life from the book of Romans. This is Romans 5, starting in verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So that's, that, that, is, the, that is the gospel, that we have hope that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how God demonstrates his love for us. And he also, the last, the last point I want to make, and I know we're getting, uh, 
we're getting close to running out of time here. The last point I wanted to make is about how Jesus, as the good shepherd, he knows his people. It says in uh, verses, starting at verse 12 here in, in John 10, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life and I lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus knows us and he cares for us like his own. Um, we, we have probably known people in our life that were more like the hired hand that they, we, they thought that they cared for us. We thought they were going to be there for us. Um, but, but in the end, when, when, when things got difficult, they just hit the road. They took off. Um, but that's not how God is. That's not how Jesus is. The, the, uh, Jesus, one of the promises God makes to his people is that I will never leave you or forsake you. And it also says in, um, in 2 Timothy, he says, even, even if we, even if we is, are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Because that's how it, closely we're known by God, that it's like to deny us would be to deny himself. So that's the hope we have in him, that he's the good shepherd. And now I'll, I'll close in, in prayer. Father, thank you. Um, thank you uh, for this time, and thank you for all the people here, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you be merciful to them, that you take care of their their needs, that you bless them in their health. And we pray, Lord, that, um, that you would also bless them spiritually and that they would be seeking you in your word, that they would be looking to the good shepherd and that you would shepherd, shepherd these people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.